20, and I'm going to be reading out of the New International Version. This is what it says. I can see it. Got a little tears in my eyes, though. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them that the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A, verse, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. And James, may we be blessed by the reading of the Lord's, the Lord's word today. And then secondly, I want to thank you to Ian for your words during your call to worship this morning. I could not have said it better myself. May we place our worries, our burdens, our struggles on the foot of the cross. And that's what I want this, this time um, during this message to be all about, is putting those, those fears, those anxieties on the foot of the cross. Because I'll tell you what, I'm really happy it's 2021. Amen. 2020 was a, a hard year in many ways. And I think our world had a, a bit of a theme this past year. That being fear. Maybe not at every single moment. But there were times where we may have used that word a lot. But I'll tell you something else. God's love vanquishes fear. He vanquishes it. And that's why I really love this uh, passage in Matthew. I think it's excellent. Because it goes to show us that, that God's love, even though 
that Joseph in this story, and we'll read it again here in a second, may have had a, a little bit of fear after hearing that somebody wanted to kill his son. God's love protected them. So let's walk through a little bit of that together. Again, that's Matthew chapter 2, verse 7, starting there. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them. Sorry, lost my place. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. First of all, if the star was all of a sudden moving and it stopped over a certain place, I would be uh, maybe a bit shocked first and then definitely overjoyed. And then on verse 11... On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their, get, their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and then after this, I really see God's love here. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So first off, God has told the Magi not to go back to Herod. And in turn, protecting this baby Jesus and his family. And it continues on verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And this is where that, that moment of fear definitely sat in for Joseph. I mean, to hear uh, your new uh, baby, I can only imagine, uh, you know, having this dedication, but, uh, but I can only imagine this newborn child uh, being a parent of that newborn child, uh, loving it with all your heart. And then to hear that there is someone out there very powerful who wants to kill that child, there's definitely an amount of fear that probably sat in for Joseph. But the fact that God had sent that angel to warn them, to tell them that that's not going to happen, that they needed to flee to Egypt, God was looking out for them because God's love vanquishes fear. We all have fears. And so this morning, what I want to ask you is to, right now, start thinking about what your fears are. What are your fears right now? And they're all different for us. And then I wonder, though, if some of those fears stop us from growing in our relationship with God. I wonder if they put limits on us to how far we're willing to go with God. I wonder if we fully dove in to our relationship with God, placed all of our faith in him, all of our trust. 
fully took on the love that he offers us. I wonder how many of those fears would be vanquished. I think all of them. Keep going. On uh, chapter 2, verse 14. So he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Then this comes from the book of Hosea. Out of Egypt I called my son. He continues... When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. God's love is really protecting these three. And I, and I can't stress how awesome that is here. Little did they know that Herod uh, would eventually order that every young boy under the age of two would be slaughtered. And here's where that, I wonder what would happen to our fears if we fully dove into our relationship with God and placed our faith in him. Verse 14 again. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Can you imagine what would have happened if he decided that he was going to let his fear overcome him and not listen? God's love vanquishes our fear. But there is a part we play, and that part is diving into our relationship with God and not letting the fear overcome us. Satan will try to use his schemes against us. But again... When we fully take on God's love in our lives, he vanquishes Satan like a puny ant. And then here in these last couple verses, I can't imagine the relief that was felt. After Herod died, this is verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up. Take the child and, and his mother. Go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. God was faithful the entire time in this scary situation. And if we place our trust in God, whatever our fears, whatever our burdens and anxieties may be, he is faithful to us the entire time. Um, up in Anchorage, I have a couple of friends. Well, I have a few more than that. But, uh, but there's a specific couple of friends. Um, their names are Alan and Shirley. Great, great people. I love them to death. They are just God-loving, God-fearing people. Um, and I remember uh, maybe a few months after I moved to the um, training college, I heard that they had gotten into a really bad accident, car accident. And so I remember it was kind of told to me in this way, um, Sunday morning, uh, driving down the road, and if you've lived here in Spokane for a while, or 
In Alaska, you know that roads can be treacherous at times, or even deadly. And so they're going down the road. The ice is super slick there. You can't even see the road anymore. It's just ice. And he goes to push the brakes for the light, and the car decides not to listen. And it goes, starts going right through the intersection. And a truck on the cross street comes by. Boom. Head-on collision. And their car starts spinning off to in some direction. And it's spinning. I imagine there are pieces of metal and glass flying all over the place. And then boom, again. Wrapped right around a, a large pole. And they both wake up moments later and this is the way he tells it he looked over at his wife who was just starting to come to scratches, bruises nothing uh, concerning right at that moment though so praise the Lord first of all for that he looks over at the left and what used to be on his mirror of his car a necklace, uh, yellow gold necklace with a cross pendant, has now moved over and hanging off to the left is a large jagged piece of metal curled into the car pointing at his temple of his head. And the necklace is hanging on that. I tell you what, God's love vanquishes fear. It protects us. It guides us in the right direction. God's love is, is key. And I got to say, if um, I don't know if you're into making New Year's resolutions, but if you're thinking about what to do, maybe, maybe the it's uh, to trust God with all your heart. Maybe it should be to give more of yourself or hopefully all of yourself over to God. Because even though that 2020 was uh, a little nuts, there are going to be challenges in 2021. We may be partying because we're uh, over that year, but I, who knows when the next challenge will appear. And I hope that each and every one of us is ready, trusting fully in that love of God that vanquishes the fears. How about another story from the Bible? I like stories from the Bible. Um, and it has to do with fear again. So if you could turn over to Judges chapter 7. As soon as I find it as well. Great story. One of my favorites. I love Gideon. Great, great character in the Bible. And he is about as fearful as you can get. About as fearfully as you can get. Uh, and yet again, the nation of Israel, for a little bit of background, has not been following the ways of the Lord. They have been at what seems like endless war, oppression, against another group of people, the Midianites, whose army is just relentless. Israel's at a very low point at this point in time. 
and God calls uh, young, very fearful and timid Gideon to be judge over Israel and lead them back on the path that God wants them to, but also into victory and peace. I'm going to start at just at verse 1. Early in the morning, Jerobal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harid, the camp of Midian, was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Now, I don't know about anyone who has uh, been in the midst of, of war, but this is not surprising. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. Of course, they're about to go to battle. Of course, they were afraid. So we get a, a bit of a numbers idea, too. We see that there were approximately 32,000 men in this army. 22,000 have left, though. You know, on to verse 4. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. And I wonder if at this point Gideon's like, Come on, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? My, his knees are like already rattling. He's already afraid, even with 32,000 men, and now he only has 10,000 to fight this massive army. But Gideon obeyed. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. And all the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and live, give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go home. I, and I, you know what I love, though, is that even despite his immense fears, he's still faithful in obeying the Lord. That's really key here. It's really key. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home. They kept 300. Yep, just 300 men. Had a, a decent-sized 32,000-men uh, army down to 300. I wonder if there was a, a point right here where Gideon was saying, well, I guess God wants me to die then. But no, that wasn't the case. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300, who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the, va lay below him in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up and go against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. Just another confirmation that God's love vanquishes fear. He knew that Gideon was afraid. And yet he continued to be faithful and show him, no, Gideon, I've got this. I've got this. 
verse 10, he sa- God says, If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Purah and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Purah, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley. Now look at this visual. Thick as locusts, their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. He says, okay, he has 300 men, though, and God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling his friend a dream. Which is, again, key. Dreams are so vital during this point in time. They are taken very seriously. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God had given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Sometimes when I I read that, I just imagine Gideon and his friends throwing loaves of bread down there, trying to aim at them. Not exactly. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. He was so excited. I love where his faith led him, even though he was trembling with fear. His whole story starts out with nothing but fear. But I love his faithfulness to the end, and now he is encouraged to attack. God's love vanquishes fear. On to verse 16. Dividing the 300 men into three companies. He placed trumpets and empty jars into the hands of them all with torches inside. And there's something really important here that we should should know. Uh, The trumpets were used to uh, sound that the armies were marching. One trumpet was supposed to equal about 100 men. So they may have not had their 32,000, but their 300 trumpets is definitely going to sound like it. This is the whole plan. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. Again, I love this whole turn of events. Because now he's like, watch me. He's encouraged. He's gone from being fear like God. uh, How are we going to do this? To now saying, watch me. We got this. God's going to give us the victory. On to verse 18. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets... Then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. God's love vanquishes fear. And he vanquished the fear of these 300, including Gideon, 301 men. 
They didn't even have to really fight them. The Midianites ran. They fled. I can only imagine what our lives would look like if we placed all of our trust, all of our faith in God. What would it look like in your life right now if you did what what Ian suggested earlier? Placing all of our burdens, our worries, our struggles, our fears on God. How much closer to the Lord would we be? I, we read these, these stories sometimes. And we say, wow. God, look what you did here. But I wonder if you've ever been reading scripture and then you thought, as I have before. God, why aren't you doing this in my life? I think it's something a lot of us have probably thought. I challenge you to place all of your faith, all of your trust in God, and see what happens next. I have one more thing I want to show everyone. Something that has deeply affected me. And yet, and it goes again into the fact that God's love vanquishes fear. Josh, could you play that for me? Thank you that your love vanquishes our fears. Thank you, God, that your love vanquishes our doubts our burdens, our worries, our stress, our anxieties. Thank you, Lord, that your love vanquishes the darkness. You are the light, Lord. Lord, let your light shine through us and in us, God. We need you, God. We're entering another year, God. And we raise those challenges to you. We raise our worries and our fears to you. And amongst it all, God, we raise a hallelujah to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.